Hey guys, Micah Chen here. Before Hanwala Buana joins us on the show, I want to give you guys a little background information on Hanwala Buana. Hanwala was born in Mombasa, Kenya. Life wasn't easy in Kenya. Taking care of basic needs like water and shelter were the top priorities. At six years old, he moved into a refugee camp located in northwest Kenya. After spending several years there, he and his family got approved for resettlement in the United States in 2010. They would spend their first few months in America in Atlanta, Georgia, before moving to Seattle, Washington, where they have resided since. Hanwala Buana currently plays soccer for the University of Washington and was recently named Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. This is his story in his own words. But before we get started, we want to let you guys know that you're listening to the Superstar Showcase, a podcast where college and high school athletes tell their stories of heartbreak and triumph as they attempt to live their dream. New episodes every Tuesday. Just search Superstar Showcase on iTunes or SoundCloud. But for now, enjoy this show. So, um, so apologize uh, for st- sounding a little bit uninformed, but uh, just doing a little bit of background research. Uh, born and raised, uh, at least for the first 11 or 12 years of your life, in, in Mombasa, Kenya. Uh, what was life like growing up in Mombasa, Kenya? Um, it was, I mean, I grew up there, but I moved to, like, uh, same place called Kakuma. It's a refugee camp where life was tough over there because, like, we had to go th- six miles to get water. Like three miles there, three miles back, crossing the river. I mean, at the same time, it was like that—that is the best way for us to come to America is going to a refugee camp. Even though it was really tough, but it was definitely worth it. So, how many years? Like, you start out. Like, what what age did you first go to the refugee camp? Um, when I was six, seven. Six or seven years old? Yeah, so I was young. And you did that for the purpose of one day coming to America? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, you know, growing up in Kenya, how do you develop your soccer game? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, it runs through fam- uh, family. Like, uh, my dad played pro in Africa. I mean, it just, I mean, it was, it was something that soccer f- in Africa was something that you played to get out of the stress, you know, because it's, it's time of hardship over there where I used to live in. So soccer is something that you just play for fun so you're not stressing out or anything. So you're just enjoying every single moment. And I'm just just out of curiosity, like, you see, I didn't you know, I didn't know your dad played professionally in Africa. He did. I mean, it wasn't a big deal, though. <laughs> okay, so like, is it a situation where, because everybody watches the World Cup and they see, like, the Vizuelas and, and the intensity of, you know, that level of yeah. play. But is the professional league in Africa, like, kind of similar to the MLS or it, what does that professional league look like? I mean, it's soccer, soccer. I mean, like my dad played a long, long time ago. So like I wouldn't know what it was like, you know, oh, I never talked to him about it. He said, he only said he just, he played there and he enjoyed it, you know. Were there any soccer leagues or like any prof- like organized soccer uh, growing up in Kenya? No, uh, it was more of like uh, just kids getting together and play maybe like 4v4 or um just like for fun, just like you know, three v three, just small sided goals, nothing really big. No, we didn't have any coaches, nothing. We just played there. I mean, also we we kind of made our own soccer ball with made of trash cans. You know, we didn't have any equipment, we didn't have any shoes, so we used to play bare feet. You know, in the sands, in the rocks, we used to hit rocks all the time. Um, it was just it was made of soccer's like we just played really for fun. We didn't care what we had. So was it a situation where you guys went to the park and played soccer? It was like, yeah. we got an open field right here. Exactly. We got like, 
like when you guys set up the goalpost, was it like uh, two rocks on each side, or what? Yeah, uh, it was two rocks, or like two, like we'll cut down a small like a uh, stick to make goals. So it's like we have three sticks. We have one post, one the other post, and then we have like another post on top. So he's all like, you just use sticks to do that. And did you guys have like organized positions or anything? Like, was there a specific no, no. goal or just? No, I mean that's I didn't learn that until I came here. Like it was it was more of like. All right, one. We just gotta do one thing, which is score. You know. So at that time, did you feel like you stood out on the soccer field, even though you weren't in like a super organized environment? Yeah, I always stood out. Uh, I mean, it was in my blood. Like I've always, like it was always been like I loved soccer to death. Like I just, I was always that. I mean, I, I played. I played with older guys, so it was like, as I continue playing with older guys, I got better and better, and I always stood out because I, I don't know, for some reason, I had like. The technique or something that other people didn't have and that that really made me stood out do you think that like even though without the formal training and like you know the super high-tech cleats <laughs> that some of these kids are getting these days do you think that in a way it benefited you to make yourself an even better soccer player can you say that again like instead of having all this like, fancy equipment or you know yeah. expensive training you know you, just you and a bunch of kids playing soccer do you think that in a way benefited your soccer training uh no but it's more of like like I got, I got, I got this saying say, um, uh, it say that you can't, like you can't be very good on the ball. It's between the child and the ball, like having a fair and a love, and if you can spend all your childhood to around a soccer ball, kicking the ball all the time, and I mean having like formal equipment like in America is like learning. The basic, or there's the basic stuff in order for you to improve a game, but you can't really teach how to be technical, how to be very good on the ball, because that that comes naturally. That's 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 how, that's what you grow up doing. For example, if you're younger and so you spend time with the ball all the time, is it's it you pick up naturally. You know, it's between the child and the affair with the ball. That's how it is. You can't really teach technical. You can only teach tactical. Talking about the refugee camp and basically like how likely was it for you guys? Because I feel like at 18 or 19 years old, um, it would have been a lot more it, like it would have been a lot harder for you to make that adjustment to America. But you got in there at a really young age. Was that is that does that happen very often? Um, It depends. Like, I mean, it depends. But um. I mean, we got unfortunate. I mean, we got lucky that we came, like, I came here or my family came here that when I was, what, 11, 12, and my brother was <clears throat> 10. I mean, that's, that's that's like, a good, good age for um perfect I could I wouldn't say a perfect age, but that's a good age to come to America because you go to school, you start elementary or middle school, you build up your, your way up to the top because like if you if you come here to like at age 18 19 you don't have the opportunity that you deserve or you have since you were like younger you know because school in America is the most important thing and then so then coming to America at a younger age that's that's huge that's massive and what about those things that like, happen in the classroom like um like I don't know how it is in Kenya uh but like Make, coming to America for the first time and, and, and just like, learning and all of that like how hard was that first? Uh, yeah like um, <laughs> I remember I remember coming uh, 
to math class in Atlanta, Georgia, which is my um, my first destination when I first came to America. And um, the teacher was throwing a ball to every single kid. And whenever he throws a ball, he'll ask a multiplication question. And it'll be like, to what's four times four? What's three times five? And as he threw the ball to me, I caught it. And he asked me what's two times two. I looked him dead in the eye and didn't know what to say. He wrote down on the board what's two times two. Obviously, I knew the number two. I just didn't know what the multiplication sign was. Like I was like, I don't know what this means, you know, what the multiplication sign. I mean, I didn't know anything. I didn't know the alphabet, you know. Um, I didn't know much really. But it takes time to really get to adjust to life in America. And what were some of those difficulties that you faced, like outside the classroom, just like day to day life? Um, uh, it was tough. I mean, like it was hard. Like for example, like how the way money works, how the card works. Um, how the transportation worked uh, because like we're not used to transportation because all we did is our transportation either our feet or a bike you know but here is like there's multiple like a lot of ways to like get to places but we didn't know how to do it we just didn't know so our first year in America was the, definitely the hardest year of my life because there was so much stuff that we didn't know what to do or how to do it what kind of food it is like you know it was it was really tough but it, it took time to get to get really used to it and those difficulties in atlanta and those difficulties in in kenya um like how would you compare those difficulties um i mean in in kenya it was like it was life you know it's um it was it is it is what it, it was um for example like getting water was like nothing because i grew up doing that like uh, my mom my parents grew up doing that i mean it was natural like it was just something you'll do daily because that's how it was you know that's how it is you know it's natural but coming to america i realized that stress happens more than when then i was in africa because when i was in africa i didn't stress i never stressed because all i focused was living life and survive and provide food for my family and provide everything for my family but in here it's like you worry so much about what's gonna happen what would happen why am i not taking the opportunity why is this why is that you have so much in your head that you're stressing all the time and it's really unhealthy for you really and so even though like you're not having to worry about water or you know daily food needs or you know where you're gonna sleep at night or stuff like that um the, the stuff that goes on top of that, like school, like stuff like that is, is more like impactful, I guess you could say, than just carrying the basic needs and, and just enjoying day-to-day -day life. Yeah, I mean, it's important. Like, I mean, education is the best thing I could provide, even though it's hard, it's stressful, but it's the best thing for you, really. So you're talking about, um, you know, going, going to come from Africa, and it seems like, you know, the school system in Africa, it's more heavily based on faith and more of like, you know, the, the religious aspect of it mm -hmm. than just the education yeah. aspect yeah. of it. I mean, I didn't I didn't really learn basic like uh, alphabet or math or multiplication in Africa because I was too busy focusing on religion, uh, focusing on God, because I learned all I did was learn and to read and write Arabic because that's that's what we wanted to do, really, because we. We had no idea if the opportunity will come. All we can do is pray to God and hope for the best. And cause, and they didn't see it as like wrong or like like that's not right because that's and they're like that, that's right in that culture, right? Like that's that's, that's the how right the thing to do. Works. That's 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 how it is. That's how it is because like um, we believe God comes first more than anything. So when you first came to Atlanta, Georgia, um, why did they why did they 
you know, why did you guys did you guys get to choose Atlanta or was it something? Uh, that- no, no, because the way it works is like there's a person that counselor that provides the house that finds houses. And then he goes to the um, United Nations, which is the refugee people that works at refugee, and they look at the different type of families and what they come from, what are their background. And then the guy picks him like, yeah, uh, I'll take this family because I have a house for them. I'll take this another family because I have another house for them. So that it turns out that guy that picked us up lived in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's why we end up in Atlanta, Georgia. And our house was in Atlanta, Georgia. And while you were there, did, were you able to continue playing soccer? Like, what was the soccer environment like when you first got there? Uh, I remember uh, when I first arrived, the first three days, we didn't go outside. I wanted to because um, it was sunny July. I remember it was in July. Sunny, beautiful day. And uh, we were so afraid because we had no, like, mom, I was like, mom, you know, you, sh- you should let us go and go play because there were kids playing outside in the background. I was watching the whole time. Let us go play. And mom was like, no, no, no. We have no idea what will happen if we go outside. It's like we're as if we're playing Hunger Games or something. Because we like go something's out, dangerous uh, outside? Because we, we're sad. We'll get like some, something's going to happen to us. And I'm like, no, I mean, nothing happened to us. And then after a <clears throat> couple, couple more days, I went outside. I played soccer with some older kids. And um, they played a soccer team. And um, I remember one day the coach usually come comes by and pick them up to go and practice and stuff. And then... The coach saw me play. I was like, and then they asked, who's this kid? And they said, yeah, some new kid from Africa. He's very good. And he provided opportunity for me. Um, he gave me cleats, uh, which I have never, never, never in my life worn, which is kind of, I I didn't know what to do with them. But um, he gave me cleats and jerseys. So I went out and practiced with these older teams. And you just like just playing soccer with this like, because I feel like it's a big transition going from playing in like in the fields and you know not having any cleats or any formal training to all of a sudden being in this environment where there's like a team aspect to it. There's positions. Um, how how easily did you make that transition? I mean, it was tough because I mean, when I first came, I was a skinny, really small skinny boy because I didn't have the nutrients and the food in me. So everybody was bigger than I was, twice as big. They're all stronger, faster. I didn't have the body or the nutrition but after a first year my body grew so fast it just grew and i caught up to everybody but it was the transition was i mean they were just bigger faster but soccer wise i was better i was technically better than everybody anybody else and, and you had that speed right i mean i <laughs> i i mean i had the speed not much i never i never was fast i never was fast huh. i just tend to find my way out of things so, so you're playing at a high level in Atlanta. I'm wondering, like, how do you make that transition to Seattle? Um, so after four months in Atlanta, Georgia, my mom didn't like it because it was too hard because um, she said that she had a f- uh, cousin that lived in Seattle, so it's better to go live with her and learn to transi- transition from Africa to America, to learn how to use things better, to learn how life it, life in America. And... Um, I came, I came, I came to Seattle, but I didn't play soccer months for seven months because we we're adjusting to Seattle, and, uh, and then I started playing soccer. But I mean, I didn't really play for a club team until, until like the end of February, seventh grade, when I played for my uh, high school, uh, middle school team. So it's like, at that point, is the refugee camp or like the United Nations? Are they like, like tracking your guys' progress as you make the adjustment to America or? Is it, did this drop you off in Atlanta and you know? Uh, you're on, you're on, you're on. Really, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, they did what they could 
to provide everything you needed. I mean, like that's the right thing to do. I mean, once you once they drop us off in America, it's like okay, now you work, do what you can do to live life here. And I mean, it's the right thing to do because they provided everything. They provide us money for food for a while. They provide us housing for a while, and all you have to do is just live. Because like this first few months, uh, you told me like they they provided housing for you in Atlanta, so like I would. I would feel like why would you want to leave that right because I mean you got the house right yeah, there yeah, and, and, yeah. You, and you found some you know some soccer team to play on yeah yeah you, I mean I remember uh, my mom said we're moving I started crying I was like why are we moving because we have everything we have here we have the soccer team I have soccer I have people who wants to help uh, like we have house beautiful house everything why do you want to move and then she just wanted to move because she wanted to get used to life in America because she was stressing out we did not we didn't know how to do things you know she, and I'm sure that, like, from her perspective, like, you arguing soccer this or, like, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> a kid, I was a kid. I was a kid. Only I wanted to do soccer, really. I didn't care about moving. But it turns out it was the best for us. Right, right. So when you first come here, um, are you, like, going out and looking for clubs to play for? Or, no. or are, they, are they coming out to you? No. Um, well, middle school, I started, I, I remember February. Um, I didn't when I first came to America. I didn't know English. But after in Atlanta, four months, I started picking up, like, soccer was not f- soccer. It's not football like we used to call, you guys it, call football. it football. In Kenya? Yeah, okay. yeah, but soccer and stopping up. And I showed up in uh, my middle school the first day, and it was February. That's when the soccer season starts on spring. And um, I saw the word soccer, and I saw the day, and I asked him, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, the soccer trial in a week." So I got my old boots, like the coach got me from Atlanta, Georgia. I stood up and I went um, and, and on trial, and I was uh, I was young, and uh, I remember there were varsity kids, and we were playing, and then all the varsity kids is like, "Yo." You, this kid and Walla is so good coach you should put him in varsity and that's how he started off and I didn't really care about club or anything I just played soccer for fun just for your middle school yeah and then uh, one of the parents offered they're like what are you doing after a school season I was like I don't know like I don't know this is this is soccer that's all I have and they're like we'll offer you to play for the club for this club called Seattle United and you can play a whole year and then play school soccer and then play a whole year again. I was like, yeah, I would love to. And then I played um, 96 with, uh, so I was born 99. So I, was, uh, I played the 96, so 97, 98. So two, three years older than I was because the parents that were helping me, their kid was 96. So I had to be in the same team as their kid in order for me to get transportation, ride, right, and right. get their help, and go to tryouts and stuff. So I was in the same same team with them for a while. Then I stayed for the same age and uh, for two years, and then I moved up for two years. I played at a higher level in that club because when I first tried out, I played in really the worst team in Seattle United for two years. And then after two years, I decided to go up, so I played with a higher level Seattle United. So you, but I thought like from the very beginning you were playing with guys three years older than you, right? Yeah, three years older than me. But even though you're, oh, so even though you're playing guys three years older than you, I um, I went up higher, still playing with still guys. playing with the worst team. Okay. Yeah, high level, I high level, I played at a high level three years older than I was. Yeah, that's interesting because like I'm sure you never even heard of this like club, you know, the society or you know like this no, culture. Uh, no. And I mean, this middle school soccer was enough of a shock in its own because it's just completely different than you know what you're used to. Yeah. And but like, how quick did you start picking up? Like, oh, oh, there's like, there's like showcases and there's clubs and there's tryouts and there's different opportunities. I mean, first two years was kind of new thing. I didn't know what we were doing. I thought we were just kid playing because we I didn't know it was tryouts. Um, after that, then I started picking up. I was like, wow, this is tryout. This is where the coaches want to pick their team, their best team they can. 
and uh, it kind of happened really. And, and what a- about what age was that uh, when you when you were playing for Seattle United? Eleven, twelve. Oh, when eleven or twelve? 12 you're, yeah. you're playing fourteen, fifteen year olds. Yeah. And then 14, from 15. when you go from Seattle United, um, what, what's what's the next like club or team you played for after that? Sounders Academy. Sounders Academy. So, yeah. And, and tell me a little about that. Um. So. Um, I kind of verbally committed when I was in sophomore year in high school with E-Dub, and then they forced me to go to Saunders. They told me you should go play a high level in order for you to be ready when you come to E-Dub. And um, so I decided to go play Saunders Academy. And Saunders Academy was a different level because it was all the best players in Washington coming together, create one team, the best team. I mean, it was a completely different transition because like it was required more traveling every weekend. And, and what were some places you would go to? Like oh, everywhere in the United States. <laughs> really, really. Yeah, we traveled everywhere. Like mostly in California, mostly in like close by. But we traveled a lot of places. Is this Sounders team affiliated with like the professional scene? Yeah, Sounders yeah, team? yeah, yeah. Um, it's because like I mean they pay so much money because it, it was it was free transportation, free food, free hotels. Like you were in the team because they want to develop young players. So that's that's that. And then I joined that team. It was high level soccer, and I got to I got. Over the summer, too, I got opportunity to train with the real Saunders, which is a kind of huge deal because you see, you're, you kind of like evaluate yourself and see where you are from them and because it, you it, practice with them. Is the idea like it's a pipeline, like guys that play on this team will one day play for the Saunders, or is it just like out of this group of guys, we'll pick two or three guys to play for the professional teams? I mean, it depends how you do in college. Oh, really? So, so are if you, you still... Are you still playing with Saunders or like? Uh, I mean, like, no, not really. But I go out and train over the summer once my UW season is done. Because once you, if if I come in and play for UW, it's kind of like I can't play anywhere else because I focus. It's a long season with UW. We got fall and then we got spring season and then summer. So in the, that's when summer I I train with the Saunders. And, and when you got that offer from UW, uh, what, how old were you? Like a freshman or sophomore at that sophomore time? Sophomore. Yeah, cool. So what was that like getting an uh, like a, scho- a a college scholarship offer? I thought it was a joke. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I've gotten a lot of offers from colleges. I used to, in emails, I used to delete them all the time. Because you thought they were spam or something? Like, uh, no, not spam. I thought there was some other teams that wanted me to play for them. So are the, are these emails that you're getting, like, from lower-end colleges? I mean, before I moved to Santos Academy, yeah. Like D2, D3, some it's like D1. like stuff in Colorado or Some stuff. D1s, yeah. And I, I thought it was just some different team because I, was, I fell in love with my team. And I was like, what's the point of moving, you know? Like, uh... I told my coach like I don't want to leave the team, and they're like, you know, eventually have to leave and go play in college. And then uh, my coach is like, taught taught me about soccer in America, what college was. And then I remember showcase uh, one of the colleges. My coach was talking to one of the coaches, and he said, "Yeah, that coach wants you from this college, D three." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm ready to sign. Like, if is that what requires for me to to pursue my dream, I'm ready to sign for D three." And he said, "No, no, 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 you're not." You're not playing for D3. You know, you're good enough to play with D3. I was like, come on, I'm ready to play. And it's like, no, just be patient and wait for your... And how old were you at this time? For Still like uh, freshman year, oh, okay. freshman year, sophomore year in high school. So you just wanted to play college soccer so bad that you were willing to... You know, oh, you can give me a scholarship? I'm, I'll, I'll go because, with you right Because, now. yeah, because... because I, so he after he explained to me what college was and what was it, he kind of told me like the best way to like pursue your dream is going through college and hope for the best... Like to get to that professional level. To get, yes, exactly. To to get that professional level. So I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go to college. So people like my teammates were committing D two, D three, and I was I was I was like, coach, I'm ready to commit. I'm ready, I'm ready to play for D three. If there's, 
I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what's the difference between D two, D two, D one, D three. I thought it was like just team college, college, you know. Huh. And my coach is like, you know, no, no, you're not gonna commit anywhere. We'll wait for you, uh, for your chances. And then um, they, um, my 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 Seattle, my club coach, emailed the UW coaches, and they're like, because my my coach played at UW, and he thinks UW is a big, big program for soccer, and it is, it is massive program for soccer, and. Um, he said, "Yo, come, c- come, take a look at my my this kid in my team. He's very good. He's very talented." And the dub coaches ignored me. They they did they, they they thought it was like no 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 we don't want to kind of. I mean they recruit club guys, but they didn't like really. They looked down on me. And but you're playing for the Seattle Sounders at this point, like I mean team. no not it was it wasn't Sounders yet it was club. Oh really? Okay, yeah, it, it, was, it was it was still Seattle United. Yeah, it was club team. So no no coaches really recruit club. They only recruit at a high level, which is academy is the highest level. And I'm like, well, right below it, they don't recruit from club team. And they ignored me. And then they invited me to their. I mean, I signed up for their camp. Then they realized I was dribbling past by their guys. They're like you dub guys, and I was only sophomore in high school. And I'm like, who is this kid? And then they realized it was that kid that my coach bugged them to come out and watch me play. And then, and then they realized, wow, what a mistake they have made. What a mistake they have made. And um, and then they, they they really wanted me after that. So they really backtracked on and during that time. And like how 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 soon after you know you had that that showcase and that and that spotlight did they reach out to you again? After the camp? Yeah. Yeah, they reached out. They reached out to my coach because they weren't allowed to talk to me. They reached out to my coach was like, uh, we apologize because we didn't know how good this kid was. And this kid is very talented. We'd love to have him at UW. And it's like, and now it's like the opposite where you want, you, hey, hey, I, I want I want to play for you guys. And I'm like, hey, don't let him sign with anybody else. Don't let him go to like UCLA or let, don't let him go to like. I mean, I didn't, I, I mean, I didn't. When I went to Santa's Academy, that's when D1 offers came in and so many offers so when you first offered you um were they uh would they like put you in the so they put you in the sounders academy program yeah well they they they, they said go there go there yeah and, 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 uh, and you and so like you made the team though i mean yeah like, i mean you, i made the team yeah for sure for sure yeah. uh and then as you like traveling to countries that when more college scholarships started pouring in mm-hmm. yes sir what were some of those scholarship offers that you got i mean i got a lot of scholarship scholarship offers i wish i remember like ucla um some big 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 teams, Akron. I remember talking to Stanford for a bit, but I, I got a lot of D one offers, but I didn't really care anymore. You I just, you just wanted to play for UW. I mean, I wanted to be close home, close to my mom, because my mom means everything to me, and my mom doesn't speak English. Because I do the, the, pay rent, I write the checks, I make the doctor's appointments, I do the translation. So why would I want to leave my mom in this hardship? Why can't I be just fifteen minutes, ten minutes away from her? Wait, whenever she didn't be, I'll be there in ten minutes, fifteen minutes. You know, it's perfect fit because like you you just got everything. You yeah, need, I right? mean, you has everything I need. The soccer program is perfect. I'm close to home. I can't complain. So going into your freshman year, were you expecting to get a ton of playing time, uh, or were you expecting to be one of the featured guys? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, <clears throat> I always like, I had, I had, I have this big ego. I can't lie. I'm, I'm very confident about myself. I know I was gonna play. I know I was because what I've I work so hard that it's hard for me to stay humble. I know it's important to stay humble, but I have this ego. I mean, I knew I was going to play. I know so, but the only thing that like I was kind of worried about, not starting, that's the only thing. But I knew I was going to play and getting a lot of minutes, and I did. And there was nothing like overwhelming being 17, 18 years old. Um, like, I was 17. Did, did, did you, so 
that's confusing to me because yeah, I feel I mean, like you started. I, I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a like birth certificate problems. So when I come to America, they were using my wrong birth certificate. Okay, yeah. and so and that and that kind of like, like just to get into you, I'm sure they have like high academic standards. Were you able to kind of like you know work with that, even though you didn't have like all the the credits and stuff like that? I mean, that? yeah, I mean, the athletes kind of different. <laughs> Oh the yeah, <laughs> and the NCAA rules kind of like funny. You have to have a two point two, and then you get. So even though you were a seventeen year old uh, kid coming in playing against you know some guys that have been playing college, they're twenty one, twenty two. Right, right, right. Uh, and, and there was nothing overwhelming about that. Nothing. I mean, or- it was tough. It was tough at the beginning. It was time of hardship. You know, it because it was so hard because you're focusing in my mind, in my head when I came in freshman year. This is the all opportunity I have. This is all I got, and I have to make the most of it. So if I if I had a terrible day in practice, I hated myself i hated everything but it was tough it was i mean i was i was i was i was younger you know i was maturing guys all the guys helped me but once i like got comfortable and i like really really kind of just worked hard for it and and like your performance during the season like what drove you to get that pac-12 freshman of the year (laughs) uh i didn't know i I didn't know anything about pac-12 freshman until the last day and when they said they were announcing awards um like i mean i i i mean my coaches UW coaches has really really pushed me through i mean i came here over the summer before my freshman year to take uh, summer classes at UW and uh over the summer classes just to get ahead in school and i did and um but over the summer i stayed here i stayed around and all i did was go to classes and work hard every single day with uh, either going to weight room or doing fitness with the fitness trainer and just getting fit. I've never been fit after my freshman year in my life because I was working so hard. And there's, there's all the guys there with me too working together. That's what really made my freshman year because I was I was really, really working. I've never worked this hard in my life. And I was working where like I was feeling to pass out because I was running so hard every day, every day in this hot weather over the summer. That's what really made my freshman year because I came in the season fit and ready to go. So you're talking about like prior to that, you know, that summer, that experience of you basically kind of like turned into a college athlete. Like you went from like a like a club player, you know, like kind of like looking like one of the regular guys to turning into an elite level college D1 athlete. Yeah, yeah. But that, that required a lot of work. I are you, mean, are you like running hundred yard sprints or like like how? how what, what, what I mean, that? it, it wasn't just like a hundred yard sprints. It was like building to fitness level. Like it takes seven. It takes seven to ten weeks to really be fit. Like you can't be fit in a week or two. It takes a while to be fit. And the the, the running we kind of running we do is like like running that people do to stay fit. For example, like soccer, you cover eight miles a game. So you have to be fit in order to do that without like struggling. You have to play from like first minute to ninety minute in the same intensity. But in order to do that, you have to stay fit. And doing that over the summer has really changed my life. Are you a guy that like never comes off the field? I don't like it. No. I don't. I, I don't know how soccer works. Like, is it um, like in basketball? Like, you know, you play thirty minutes a game. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, like, in soccer, like, are you? Because it's it's ninety minutes long. So yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, yeah. I I'm not. I definitely not that guy that comes off the field. I don't like coming Never off the field. Never coming off the field. I don't that, like that's it. That's impressive. I don't um, like it. It's like your your performance in season to get that Pac-12 freshman year. Like, what were you doing in games to like garner the attention of the the entire you know Pac-12 division? I mean, do everything I could for my teammate, which is create, score goals, make other my teammates score goals, entertain people. You know, that's what I did. 
just just be a captivating player. Just I mean, be 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 not basic player. I guess you could say that not basic. Like st- stand out on stand out on the always field. stand out. Like be be um like I want to be that type of player where I walk up the field, I won the game. At the same time, I walk up the field and it's like, yo, I was the best player on the field. That's my mentality. Is like um, every single training session for me is I'm gonna come there in training. And I work you, and I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be the best player in the training session on the field. Every single touch I take, every single pass I do, I'm gonna be the best player I could. Are there any guys like that you've seen growing up, or like you know in Europe or here in the MLS that like you've seen? Oh, that's something that I want to emulate. Like I want to, no, you know, no. you, you, you're just your own man. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have anybody to look up to. <laughs> right, right. No, that's something like, in, like uh, in Kenya, I mean, like, I could, mean, no, we didn't have any TV. We have nothing. I mean, we watched Man United games in TV, but we didn't have. No highlight to watch from a single player. No, I didn't. Okay, interesting. Um, I just so can't. right now, you're you're 18 years old, right? Yeah, I turn 18 next month. You're still 17. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, because <laughs> in other professional sports like like baseball or football, like you can't go pro until you're 22. Yeah. But that's not how it works in soccer, no, right? You can go anytime as long as you're good enough. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, so like, well, how does that work? Like, I've got like 15 year olds, right? Like, I mean, like if you're good enough. Sky's the limit. I mean, like, you can do it, you can do it. I mean, in America, the best thing you can do it is get your degree and go to college because American soccer is not, well, like, I mean, paying is not as good as Europe. Europe is where the money's at. And America is like, get a degree first and then go play soccer. Do you ever think about that? Go to Europe? All of it. Like, well, like, I, now, now I just want to know, you know? Uh, like, you're only 17 years old. You ha- you're packed to a freshman of the year. Uh, do you want Do you want to go pro, man? It's a dream. I mean, I've when I first came to America, I remember, <laughs> I remember walking because we didn't have a grass field or turf. I remember walking turf and I laid down and I'm like, "Yo, I could really make my dream come true." Now I have the opportunity to do it in Africa. I didn't. Now I have. Why, why not? Why can I? Why, why? Why can I make it? Why not? Because I know it would require a lot of hard work. It required sacrificing time of tears. I can do it. And and what defines making it for you? What do you mean? Like, is it is MLS <laughs> the the final goal, or is it I mean, playing the, Euro- Euro- the European leagues? I mean, I got. I mean, like, getting exposed. Maybe hopefully going to Europe overseas. Since I'm still young, go overseas and see what opportunity has for me. Do you still plan on sticking around uh, University of Washington for next uh, year or two, or like, is it? Uh, I mean, not, I, not to give anything away, of course. You yeah. Know, like to, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, all I can say is God knows. It's in God's hand, and. Uh, all I can say my coaches knows because my mom told me because my mom really like fell in love with the coaches because the coaches don't care the the number one thing for them is for you to be successful and for you the second soccer can come next but are you dub that's a, that's the way the coaches want they don't if you if you're missing classes and like and and they show up and you went there you're not allowed to practice no matter how good you are even if you are packed to a freshman of the year right yeah they don't care because they want school comes first, success comes first. They want you to succeed in life, and then soccer comes next. If you can't take care of school and come out of practice, that's what they want. They're willing to do anything for it. You know, they. I mean, like, so I, all all I can say is like European opportunity. I'll take it. How long would I last at UW? Only, only, only God and the coaches know. If the coaches, the coach, because the coach, if the coaches know I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. So the coaches really believe in the opportunity. I think only only coaches now, to be honest. Because <laughs> like, 
do they reach out to you or is it something that you have to put the effort in to reach out to them? To what? Because I'm sure other, you know, I mean, other like, leagues have seen that Pac-12 I mean, freshman of the year, right? And, I mean, and, the coaches kind of like, we have a meeting at the end of the, at the end of the year meeting. I mean, they, they ask you, so if you're good enough, so what's the plan? I mean, if you want to leave, if you're really good enough to leave, then do it. And, um, and then they'll ask what their opinion is. And if be like this is too easy for you, go on and play another different level. Then it is too easy for you. They're not like selfish. Like no, 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 no. We have we want you to stay in one Pac-12 no, championship no, next year. They don't. They they want they want what's best for you. Huh? <laughs> they want what's best for you. Like not every college kid or coaches will say that. I'm shocked. I was really shocked. I picked UW because I was one close to them, but I realized I picked a family, picked a family of coaches, a bond relationship with, and all they care is for your success. Because some colleges they'll take you because you'll sell tickets and you know you'll you'll draw attention. Exactly, to exactly. I mean, they don't care about that. They just, like I said, they <laughs> they want to see your success in life. They succeed in life. That's the one. And then, um, I mean, if if I'm ready to leave, then they'll know I'm ready to leave. It seems like faith plays a big role in your everyday life. Uh, what does faith mean to you? I mean, uh, faith means believing God. Always remember where you come from, because um, I can't lie. Like I. Getting all these attentions, all these awards kind of like make you have this ego. And then you realize like, oh, I'm the shit. Like I'm this or that. And then when it comes to time of hardship, then you realize, oh, I didn't have this when I was there. Why, why can't I work harder? Why can't you? So my, my point is like always remember where you come from. Always remember God and your family no matter what condition you're in. If you're succeeding in life. If you're having a hard time in life, that's the way it is. Always remember where you come from. Because it seems like a guy like you who, you know, I, I predict will be a very successful professional player one day. Thank you. And, and <laughs> No, for sure, man. I, I mean that. Uh, and where you came from, you know, it's like it's like the classic, like I came from this place and now I'm here playing in front of thousands of people. Uh, and and is, is it important to you just like, like I, I, I came from this place and I, and I, want, I don't want to forget it? Um, yeah, I come from this place. And um, I want to give back to this place because I know what people are suffering in there over there because I've been there. So why can't I give it back? So the only way to give it back is for me to be successful in order for me to give it back. That's what really strives me to work harder and be successful. Do you ever see yourself going back one day? No. <laughs> no, I'm not talking like full time uh, or anything. Oh, oh, like, oh, like uh, visiting? Yeah, oh, of yeah. course, of course, of course. I'd love to go back, and um, I still, I still, uh, I, I still have a lot of family there. Uh, so I would love to go back. It'd be joyful to go back. It, but this right now is not the time, right? I right. mean, right now is not the time. I mean, I gotta <laughs> because I gotta get my passport. I don't even have an American passport, so I gotta have to wait and see. So what? What is the uh, six month plan for you right now? What What are you doing? Uh, uh up, up, up coming. Before preseason, before like, season, so I'm, I'm kind of confused. Like, when is the actual soccer season? Okay, I see uh, you playing games now. I mean, so so we 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 um we come back for preseason August eighth. So we have what three three months. So you, you got the off season right now. Yeah, off season. We're done. It, we're off. We don't do anything with. But the I'm team. still you guys just like scrimmaging and training together. I mean, no, get, not really. I mean, we get together, guys, three, four, five guys come together and just do some stuff. I mean, like, what's the plan for me? If, um, over the break i mean it for like i said do the same thing as i did freshman year which is work 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 over the summer until have, i stay fit have you picked up like a leadership role in the locker room me 
I'm shy kid. No, really. <laughs> I'm uh, you got some personality to those. Uh, I mean, I'm not a really, I'm not a leader. I'm a type of guy that love loves people. Like, um, I'm a type of guy that will make will make people feel good about themselves no matter what kind of day they have. You know, I'm a type of guy that makes people laugh. That's what I do. I mean, like, I'm not a type of guy just leading people inspirational and, speeches no 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 like that. that's really? not okay. that's not me that's not me that's not me i mean there's all the guys captains do that i mean it's not in me you know i mean they respect me i mean i respect them so much because they're my captain no matter what but i would not say i'm a leadership no no i you will see me every time i'm on the field i'm always smiling so it's like it's like i don't really have leadership in me because i'm always enjoying the game and having fun i gotta say like for <laughs> 17 years old um your composure like you know your your field presence because uh, to be a professional athlete one day you have to have a certain like like aura to yourself a certain charisma you have to have a certain you know personality to yourself yeah, um yeah. like in in that stuff like i i don't know how much you know about obviously you've heard of lebron james and kobe bryant and you know those guys yeah, um yeah. uh lionel messi in the soccer world they have a certain like uh you know this just draw to them you know there's something you know they, they stand out on the field uh they and I think I think you have that because most seventeen year olds don't. <laughs> thank you, know? that, thank you, thank that, you, man. That's that's what I get from you. Um, and as we're wrapping up here, is there anybody that you want to shout out? Family, coaches, anybody? Anybody stands out? Stands out or shout out? Shout shouts out, shout out, shout them all out, man. And my mother. That's the first thing. My mother. Um, I love her so much. I love her to death. She <laughs> she's inspirational to me. She is everything. She's she's a role model. I don't care. Um. I don't care about who soccer player I look up to. I don't care about nobody that I look up to. My mother is the number one person that I looked up to. Uh, I will always, will do, always love her no matter what because she, what she has gone through, there's no mother should have gone through. What she has gone through, I've never ever met or heard about any mother I've gone through. Um, and for me to really repair is for me to be successful. And for me to help her out all the time, but I mean, uh, all I can say is I love her. I love her to death, and um, I'll do anything for her. And uh, my mama has never seen me play soccer in her life. She has no idea how good I am at soccer. Um, but I don't really care about them. As long as I've, I have her support, her loving, that's all that really matters to me. That's all really matters to me. At the same time, I want her to realize that she just, she has a child and um, a child that she will always be proud of. She will always, she will always, always love that child. And I just hope she realizes that she has a special child that loves people, that cares so much about people because she learned that from her mother from his mother because um i learned how to love people i learned how to respect people i learned how to behave well around people because my mom taught me my daddy wasn't around but my mom will always be my mother because i love her to death and shout out to her and um also shout out to my coaches my UW teammates because uh, <laughs> i love them to death you know they're uh they're family to me we bond a new friendship family that will last and my opinion will, will last forever. And um, shout out to two people that I want to thank because without them, I won't be where I am today. Karen and Tom Walker. Those two have done 
things that no guess or no human didn't no human could do I, you know as like from for my family I, I call myself homeless um but Karen and Tom Worker have done so much that no American people would do for a homeless kid family um they have provided everything we have make sure I'm taking the right classes to be uh in college make sure they're helping us with if it's school if it's like money if it's food shout out to them because I know I know I know to swear to God that without them I won't be here and uh shout out to my coaches all my coaches what I've gone through all my coaches I've been shout out to all the family the parents from that for my teammates parents for always helping me out when I need to help without them um, um <laughs> life will have been taken differently I'll maybe who knows I'll, I'll be on the street but and um I would also like to thank God because um having faith because praying to God every day has really really um made me who I am today and um I've prayed to God for many things and um he has accepted every single prayer that I asked for and I mean it I've asked for so much and every single thing that I've asked for God has given to me and I'm grateful and I will continue to ask for and continue to be thankful for him and uh that's all really and then for any new fans that want to follow your career and see where you go next uh, where can people find where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Ah, uh, yeah, I mean Twitter. I handwala. I just I just literally created Twitter like <laughs> a week ago. I handwala, double L, hand and walla walla except double L. Instagram same thing handwala. Facebook same thing handwala. All right, well, uh, handwala. Thank you for being open and uh, putting on a great entertaining show and telling <laughs> your story. Um, some I I know you know it's it's hard telling your life story and and uh, opening up about it. It's my pleasure, my friend. It's my pleasure. Thank you for uh, for interviewing me, and thank you for uh, <clears throat> sharing my story to the world, knowing that anything is possible. That's what the show is all about. And, anything uh, is possible. And, 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 I, and I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. And um, it's my pleasure. And uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you accomplish in the future. And I wish the best of luck to you. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Hanwala Buana, he's a guy that's so passionate about soccer and life. I loved it right there at the end, listening to him describe the people that helped him out along the way. I really thought that was a special moment. Hanwala really spoke from the heart in this one. And what really stood out to me was his composure. For a 17-year-old, he has ridiculous confidence, presence, professionalism, maturity, everything. Especially considering he's only spent a few years of his life in America, he has more wisdom than most people that I know do in their 20s. Another thing that stood out to me about Hanwala is his aura. Uh, I've talked to tons of athletes in the course of this podcast, and every once in a while, you come across a guy that has it. The it factor. It's hard to describe the it factor. It's just something that you have. It didn't matter that he was born in a third world country. Hanwala... He was meant to be great. He has the star presence of a professional athlete. I really hope Hanwall's story hits home with you. I really hope that it inspired you. It definitely inspired me. I'd recommend you continue to follow Hanwall's journey on Twitter, at Hanwall, on Instagram, at Hanwall. And if you enjoyed Hanwall Buana's podcast, telling him telling his story, send him a message, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
Let him know you enjoyed listening to him on the podcast. These guys always love that feedback. I mentioned that Handwall has the Ed Factor and that every once in a while, I'll interview an athlete that I think is special. Another guy that left that impression on me was Kevin Porter Jr. of Rainier Beach Basketball. He is going to be an NBA player one day. Also, Shaquille of Eastern Washington. He's now playing for the Houston Texans. Two guys that simply left an impression on me. It doesn't happen often, but those were a couple guys that have stood out to me. And you can find their podcast in the archives. Just search Superstar Showcase on iTunes or SoundCloud and listen to all these guys tell their stories. Because that's what these are. Unique stories from a unique genre. Subscribe to the Superstar Showcase. New episodes every Tuesday. This has been the Superstar Showcase for Micah Chen. I'm Micah Chen, signing off. It's a dream. I mean, I've... When I first came to America, I remember, <laughs> I remember walking because we didn't have a grass field or turf. I remember walking turf and I laid down and I'm like, "Yo, I could really make my dream come true." Now I have the opportunity to do it.